0: We praise you today for being the God who receives everything we have to give you. Our pain, our worries, our hurts, our fears, Lord, we just lay that all down before you as our offering, our gift. We, we give you our money, our time, our talent, whatever we have, Lord, we thank you that you take those broken things that we give to you and you make them so beautiful and you, you receive them with your grace that you just shower down on us and you just... Uh, you let us know how much we are loved by you. And so, God, just as we have received the, 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 the music today in our hearts and in our veins and our, our souls, Lord, we pray that we would receive your word today in just as beautiful way that you would speak to our speak to our passions, our dreams, our hopes, and even our fears and our worries and regrets. And so, Lord, speak now. Speak powerfully and pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Please have a seat. And how's your Mother's Day going so far? Are you all right? Amen. All right, that's good. All right, so how many people uh, were cloned? Anyone cloned here? No one was cloned. Interesting. So everybody, okay, everybody else who was uh, born of, of, that had a mother and they were bur- born into this world. Raise your hand if you were born, if, if you were ever born. And no, there was a bunch of people who didn't raise their hand. I'll we'll have to talk to them later, but... <laughs> So we all have a reason to celebrate Mother's Day. Can I, can I get an amen on that? Yeah. yeah, amen. So today we are continuing our Vision 2020 series, looking at the future and thinking about all that God can do. And, and it's amazing that we're just smashing that right into Mother's Day. And I think it's amazing to think of the, the weird way that God has decided to bring about life in this world. Isn't that just like a crazy thing? Uh, and, and, um, and I guess we could probably think, Hey, we could think of a better way to do that, God. Can can I get some of the women saying amen? I mean, just a little bit, yeah. A little less painful, for example. Uh, well... Well, I heard about a scientist, this is a joke by the way, I heard about a scientist that, that it was a know-it-all. He just felt like he knew everything and he was cloning, he was practicing cloning human beings and he was actually so good at it that he then decided, he decided to announce on the news that he, he, he found a way that women didn't need to give birth to babies ever again. So that was, that was the miracle and then he actually approached God and he said, God, we don't need you either because, you know, we can make our own human beings now. And God said, okay, I hear you. That's fine. He said, before we do that, can we just do a contest just for fun, just before I leave you on your own? And he said, okay, w- this is the contest. We're each going to create a human out of dirt and see who does it the fastest. And uh, the scientist said, sure, let's do it. He felt like he could beat God at this or just, it would be a fun game. So, a, so as soon as they both said, go, the scientist reached down into the dirt and God said, hold on a second. You got to use your own dirt, buddy. Uh, it doesn't make <laughs> sense, but yep we all think we got a better way to do it but there's only one way right there's only one way to do it today we are continuing our look toward the future looking at the miracles of jesus and realizing that when we look at the future through the lens of miracles of jesus anything is possible anything can be accomplished there's nothing that's impossible for jesus And today we are continuing to do that. And so as we begin our scripture today, are you a little bit excited about what we're going to read? Are you kind of stoked to read the scripture? All right. No, there was one person. Listen to the words of Jesus. And now this is a story where Jesus has just healed a paralytic. According to the Gospel of Luke, he just healed a man who was paralyzed. That man got up and walked away, but he didn't just heal the man's legs. He actually healed his heart so that he had a future. He was hopeful about the future and and filled with praise. And so this is what Luke says happens next. It says... After this, Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. Now, now I'd like you to know before we barrel forward in this story first that tax collectors were like mafioso. They were mafia members. They were people of the community who had, who had, had spent their whole entire life trying to steal from their fellow citizens. And the way they would do it is set up these little tax booths at the entrances and exits to different regions. And they would, they would take the taxes from people, but then the way that they would accrue their salary is by adding, ta- adding to the taxes. And generally speaking, all of these tax collectors were really, really rich. And the people were very, very poor. They couldn't afford anything. And, and on top of that, this tax system that they were were a part of was part of the Roman tax system, which was a foreign invading government, an occupying government. So they were also seen as traitors. So to say the least, the ta- to be a tax collector was not the best job in the world. Although if you had ambitions to, to be wealthy, if you had ambitions to have notoriety in, in at least the Roman circles, then you would definitely... Betray your fellow citizens in order to gain wealth and become a tax collector. And that's what Levi had done. And I actually think there's a really interesting little occupation for Levi, because I believe that Levi had spent his whole entire life trying to get, trying to accumulate, trying to see how much he could obtain from other people. Now listen to what Jesus says to this person that nobody wants to have anything to do with. Jesus says. It said and and Jesus said to him follow me and Levi got up left everything and followed him. Levi gets up from the tax booth he leaves all of the money behind he leaves all of the paperwork and he follows fa- paperwork and he follows Jesus. Now when Jesus asked someone to follow him he was actually asking someone to become his disciple. He was a rabbi. Jesus' Jesus's job was a very well respected job in the community. It was a, he was a teacher. And so when he was saying, Follow me, he was asking Levi to be his mini rabbi. And Levi knew that. And this was Levi's opportunity to get out of a job that he initially probably thought would be the path to freedom in his life, but actually had become kind of more like a, a prison. And so there were probably not a lot of people that wanted to hire Levi to be their salesperson or or to be their customer service representative because he was hated by everybody. And so he didn't really have a lot of options. And I love this transition because Levi is going from a life where he was trying to get and get and get, and then he was moving toward a life where he was giving a life, the difference between a life where you're trying to get as much as you can to a life where you're trying to give as much as you can. You know, one of the strange things about Levi is that when he was a little baby, his mom and dad must have looked at him and said, I wonder what kind of person he's going to grow up to be. And so they decided to give him the name Levi, which means priest. Can you imagine how broken their heart was when they saw that levi had instead, to be, instead decided to become part of the mafia and not a priest that was whose life was all about giving but someone whose life was all about getting and stealing and taking now listen to what happens next levi becomes a giver it says then levi gave a great banquet for jesus In his house, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. Now, I love this. I love this uh, image because Levi has now decided to follow Jesus and become a giver. And the first thing he does is he throws a huge party at his house. Now, when you think of this party, you need to think of Animal House 20. You need to think of like the party of the century. This thing is a raging lunatic party and and everybody's there. And especially all of his friends that were seedy mafia people, they brought all of those guys along because they, they knew how to party, right? And He fills the house and he throws this party for Jesus. And this is what happens. There's a group of Pharisees and their scribes. In the corner, And the Pharisees are the people who followed the law. They, they, they actually did everything they could to be as good in their life as possible. And so they never missed a Sunday. They would always be at church. And then they also made sure that they were very, very um, obedient to the Old Testament laws. So they would always eat just what the Old Testament told them to eat. They would do the things that only, that, only that God had said they should do in the Old Testament. So they, they were doing pretty good in their life. Now these Pharisees come to this party, and this is what they say. They, they gather a group of Jesus's disciples on the side of the party, and they say these words to the disciples. They say, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Now I think there's a side message in this that, that is not to be overlooked. Don't show up at parties and complain. That's just not a good idea. <laughs> it's not. It's not that cool. And then the other thing is, Okay, so I had a a, uh, job that I worked years ago for an electrical contractor. I was a sales representative. And one of the things that happened at the staff party, the Christmas staff party, was, and they had some alcohol at that staff party, is that one of the staff members decided to gather with all all of the other people, all their colleagues and coworkers, and they decided this was a good time very loudly to kind of unload everything that they really thought about the boss, you know? So they start telling this, you know, oh, I think this and this and this and this. And the co-worker's eyes are getting wider and wider and more surprised and unbelieving. And the guy probably thinks he's telling a really good story as they're listening so intently to every word that he says. But the reason they're listening so intently is because the boss was standing right behind him. (laughs) Not good. This is what was happening here. The Pharisees were talking to Jesus' disciples and guess who was standing right behind the Pharisees? Jesus, he heard everything. This is what Jesus says to them. Jesus answered, uh (laughs) uh-oh, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Wow, that is a burn beyond all burns doesn't sound like it, but let me give you an idea. Jesus was saying, I didn't come to hang out with people who are know-it-alls, who feel like they have it all together. I'm here for people who feel like they need a little bit of help. I'm not here for people who feel like they're better than everybody else. I'm here for people who know that they're not better than anyone. And there was obviously the hint, hint, (laughs) you know who I'm talking to. You see, when we, we acknowledge our brokenness in front of God in the world, which is something that Levi was very keenly aware of, there's a blessing in that because then it allows us to receive the love that God has for us. I actually think there's another message here. I think that I learned a lot about mother, being a mother from my wife, and I learned it yesterday, as is usually the case. Uh, I thought I was being very good, and I was um, going to get her a Mother's Day present, and um, that's pretty good for me. And so then I went to this amazing place uh, downtown that I, you can find anything. It's called the General Store. Can I get an amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's, yep. And I went there, and sure enough, they had the perfect gift. I brought it home, and she opened it, and she was just so thankful for it. It was exactly what she wanted. And And then my kids came, and they sat on the couch, and they brought in three little gift bags. And uh, my mother-in-law had taken the kids to the dollar store the day before, and they were all given one dollar to buy a gift for mom. And the first gift that was open was like a, a pack of straws with flamingos on the top. <laughs> and my wife just started to cry. <sighs> And then the second gift was like this little little angel statue that, you know, you know it's so beautiful only because it's given by the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this, this like battery-operated star-shaped candles from the third kid. See, it's not... See, we, we, we bring these gifts like in our offering, and our music, and we think, you know, we really wish that we had this perfect voice but you know, the greatest blessing is that we don't all have a voice like Cami. <laughs> Truly. Because God is the God who receives our gifts and sees the heart behind it and is just so loving. And God says, what a wonderful gift you've brought into me. When you give that little gift in the offering, you say, gosh, I know it's not very much. I don't feel very good. I hope that you hear God is saying, oh my goodness, what a beautiful gift you've brought to me today. I love what Silas was talking about giving a gift with a joyful, ungrudging heart. I, I just remember all of the little pictures that my kids would draw over the years, and they just they looked like you know mental patients had drawn these things. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no disparagement to that, because you know I consider myself one of those. So I'm I'm very serious. <laughs> I'm serious. And they were so beautiful. There's no brokenness. That, got, uh, that is too much for God to pour out his grace over and to say, I love you so much. There's nothing that you can do. You can't be a tax collector or a person that joins the mafia or a person that's lived your life this way or, or anything that has, can separate you from a God who will look at your brokenness, what you bring to God your condition whatever it is and god says i just think it's so beautiful what you bring to god bring before me now there's this other thing that i think is the big i was just i was trying to i was trying to think through this this beautiful thing of motherhood today and i loved i loved thinking about the very beginning of the bible it's a text that has been kind of working on my heart and it's such a beautiful one and it's at the beginning of creation And it says, So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. See, mothers were made in the image of God. Everything that you have ever seen that is beautiful about a mother is actually a reflection of exactly who God is and how much God loves us. And, and the thing that Levi was invited to do was to follow Jesus. See, he had been modeling his life after politicians or kings. King. He was working for Caesar, so he was modeling his life after those people. That king. And Jesus, when he said, follow me, he was saying, I'm inviting you to make yourself in my image to make yourself into my likeness. Now, when a rabbi invited someone to follow him and to become one of his disciples or mentees, he was actually inviting him to literally follow him. So a rabbi, when you were invited to follow a rabbi, to be a disciple of a rabbi, you were instructed to follow everything they did. So I'm creeping around the stage because I'm imagining um, Jesus, if he walked in those footsteps, then the disciples' job would be to walk directly behind Jesus and to follow exactly in his footsteps. If, if Jesus reached out for a cup to drink with his left hand, then the disciples' job was to reach out for the cup with the left hand. If Jesus said a prayer with a certain intonation, then the disciples' job was to mimic that and mirror exactly what was happening because the goal was to be made into the likeness of the rabbi and the rabbi would be focusing all of his attention on who God is. And what Jesus was inviting Levi to do is to stop making yourself into the likeness of of King Caesar or King Herod but to make yourself into the likeness of Jesus. You see, there's such beauty when we recognize, I, I always hear moms say they just feel like they don't have, that one thing you recognize when you're a mom is that you don't have what it takes. It's how, how, how broken you are. Yet there's something that God does with the gifts that we give and the way that we contribute that just blesses and showers over us, that, that takes any gift that we give and turns it into something Amazing, even no matter how broken that gift is. And as we're thinking about the future, I want us to imagine that we are Levi being called out from our tax booth, called to change our life from a life of take, 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 to accumulate all that we can to a life of how much can I give to the world, to live into the name that we were given by God, child of God, one who was created in my likeness, created in the image and the likeness of God. See, it's from God that we get the image of what it's like to be, what should be like to be a father or a brother or a sister. It's from God that we get the image of what a perfect mother looks like. That caring heart of protection and nurture and love. And on Mother's Day, it seems that we tend to get a little too attached to the biological definition of mothers. You see, Jesus is clearly all about the heart. And the most important thing is the heart. It's a spiritual motherhood that we are brought into to care for all the children that are downstairs and to care for all the children of this community and to extend God's motherly hands around all of this world. And that sounds like like an impossible thing to do in the next three years. But if we consider that whatever gift we give to God, God is able to bless it and to make it into something that is more magnificent than we could ever imagine, then anything, anything at all is possible. Today is a day to celebrate, yes, mothers. But when we do so, we are truly celebrating the one in whom all mothers are created in the likeness of. Every single one. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for rescuing us from our judgmental attitudes, from our, our personal sense of guilt that we're not doing things the right way. And Lord, we pray that all of those voices of the Pharisees and all of those voices that would tell us that we're not doing it the right way, those would just be, those would just be cast out of our heads and our minds and our souls. And Lord, we pray that we would recognize that whatever voice we come before you, however broken, however small, that that is enough, that it's more than enough. It's such a beautiful offering. And we can't do it without you, Lord. You are the one who created us out of the dust, and we need you. We need you to take the dust of our lives and do something beautiful with it. We look back on our weeks, our months, our years, and we do see that we have taken what we've been given in this life and we have distorted it so much yet lord we recognize that new life is something that you bring into this world in the most mysterious and confounding ways and that you do it when we reach out to people who the whole rest of community would just want to hate or 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 separate from us but lord you call us to reach out to those people And to not hate them, but to love them and not to shove them out, but to bring them in really, really close. So God, may we be your caring hands in the lives of this world. And may that be our vision for the year 2020 as we see more and more people responding in so many beautiful, wonderful ways with everything they have. Help us to become people who are not just takers, but instead of our life's trajectory, a goal of our life is to see how much we can give and love and care.